Rising interest rates alongside rising food and fuel costs have conspired to put the consumer under the sort of pressure that's not been seen in a generation or more. So what for 2023? Well, Paul Martin, UK head of retail at KPMG, says shrinking household incomes mean we will continue to see a shift in what consumers buy and where they buy from. Welcome to Trade in the Markets podcast. I'm Jeremy Naylor. We're talking now to Russell Poynton, Director, Consumer and Media at Edison Group, who's the author of the Consumer Watch Report that he publishes every quarter. Uh, Russell, welcome. Thank you, Jeremy. Good to be back. It's interesting that at a time when it would appear that consumers are under so much pressure, we had the best quarter for the markets going into the back end of last year, a good Christmas, and now it appears the UK economy has skirted a recession. What's going on? Well, if you cast your mind back, there there were quite a lot of things happening through what was quite a tough third quarter for for the wider market and the consumer sectors in particular. Most importantly, at the end of September, you know, we had all those political changes, uh, three prime ministers in the space of a couple of weeks, and uh, the resulting flip-flops in economic policy. So this led, as everyone knows, to quite a significant increase in bond yields. Um, At the start of the third quarter, the UK 10-year yield was just over 2%, but that raced up to over 4.5% by the end of uh, September and the start of October, which is not helpful for for markets on top of the downgrades uh, that we'd had, especially for the consumer sectors through the early part of the year. So there really wasn't much of a feel-good factor about the UK. And from a trading perspective, Q3 was quite challenging for a number of the consumer companies. Uh, If you remember, there was very hot summer weather and the Queen died, which meant a few companies didn't trade for a couple of days. So as we moved through Q4, the political situation appeared to stabilise and we saw quite a big pullback in the bond yields. The 10 year went down to about three and a half percent by the end of the period. So there was quite a bit more support around for equities generally. And at the time, uh, as we highlighted in our last report, uh, we thought there was a lot of value in the consumer sector, despite what looked like a tricky outlook for company profits, you know, given those pressures on demand and costs that we all know about. However, it was also clear by then that some of the input cost inflation that had troubled profit expectations uh, through the early, early part of the year was easing a bit. So... We think investors were more prepared to look through the expected bad news, given those expected uh, the, the attractive valuations of those companies. So, so where in the economy is pressure being felt most? Is the is the consumer? Do you think at the forefront of the pressures? Uh, yes, it is. Um, I mean, we think it's pretty clear that the outlook for consumer spending is pretty tough, um, but that's a fairly consensus outlook now. Um, in the last couple of weeks we've seen some new economic forecasts which suggest the outlook for the UK economy is bleaker than it is for most of the other major economies. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago the IMF's most recent update it was looking for a decline in the UK economy in 2023 and that's in sharp contrast to the other major economies that are expected to grow. On the plus side they, they are looking for growth in the UK in 2023. Now directionally that forecast echoes uh, the forecast made by the Office for Budget Responsibility, the OBR, you know, for the UK back in November at the time of the new Chancellor's statement. And looking at the consumer companies, the, the 2023 outlook appears tougher than for the wider economy. At the, at, 
At the time of its report, the OBR was forecasting a cumulative decline in real household disposable income per person of about 7% over two years. And that's quite a big number. And each of those years are greater than any year since the records began in 1956-57. So the output for the UK consumer is pretty bleak. But as, as I said earlier, we think that's quite consensus at the moment. How about the sectors where uh, things are or have been at their darkest. You talk about, we say the word bleak, and I think that's something that many people believe to be the case, and certainly those that are feeling it most feel in a very dark corner. Whereabouts have we seen the, the, the worst effects of this? It's interesting, despite that doom and gloom for consumer spending and the corporate profits, we've been saying for a while that there's quite a lot of consumer equities that appear to be discounting the worst. And what was most interesting about that performance of the sectors in the fourth quarter was was the change in sector leadership in that more of the sectors that outperformed were the, you know, the discretionary sectors. So sectors such as retail, airlines and leisure performed pretty well in Q4. And that was despite profit estimates that continued to decline for those sectors in Q4. So whilst that outperformance was welcomed, it didn't offset the weakness from the start of the year. Only two of the 18 consumer sectors that we track actually outperformed the market in the whole of 2022. But at the start of the year, um, the, the market is still looking for quite punchy growth from, for, from the UK companies in 2023. With, with, we think consensus is looking for 16% profit growth in 2023, which sounds high in the context of a deteriorating macroeconomic outlook. But there are lots of moving parts in that, you know, the sort of, you know, a lot of the overseas companies are benefiting from weak sterling. So we feel as though estimates are quite high. And so, therefore, we're likely to see downgrades as time goes by. That's an interesting comment, isn't it, about uh, weak sterling? And as we've seen recently, this punch to a new all-time record high for the FTSE 100. We're reminded of the fact that these companies do benefit from from a weaker sterling. So, I guess that goes some way to answer that point. And this is what people always say, isn't it, when they when they hear about all the doom and gloom and the fact, well, the FTSE's at a record high. So, how has 2023 started? From a share price perspective, the first quarter has uh, continued on from where the fourth quarter left off, really. There's, there's been a good uh, broad market performance in the UK. And it's been interesting that, that the outperformance by the consumer discretionary sectors has continued into the first quarter. Now, as, as all analysts will tell you, January is a, a very busy period with trading updates for, for many of the consumer companies uh, that cover the Christmas period and into the new year. I would say the trading updates have been a bit mixed, but probably not as bad as might have been feared, given you know the deteriorating macro outlook. There have been a number of profit warnings, uh, as there always are, which, you know, they, those those share prices were rewarded with quite chunky downgrade, down, down move, downward moves in the share prices. Um, with respect to the official data, the recent retail sales data from the ONS indicated a pickup in volumes in January, um, but that was after a decline in December. So discounting is good, but you know, volumes are down by something like almost 6% in the last three months versus a year ago, which continues the downward trend that began in the summer of 2021. But overall, I think it's safe to say that most companies have a cautious outlook for the year. So they're going to be attacking the cost bases where possible. And there has been fairly consistent measures coming out of companies that consumers are being more selective and choosy about what they spend and where they spend it. But let's uh, let's shift on to what's happening here in the UK into what's happening on the European continent. How do we compare and contrast what's going on between the two economic blocks, if you like? 
Europe was pretty similar as the UK in Q4. The market performed quite well. And there was also this clear sector rotation towards the discretionary sectors that we saw in in the UK. In fact, in Europe, the, the majority of the sectors outperformed the market in Q4 were discretionary. Overall, the European sectors um, saw upgrades to profit estimates during the fourth quarter. And for the and for the year as a whole, actually, profit estimates for the consumer sectors increased by about 5% or 6% from memory. Now, there, there is quite a different breakdown of the sectors in Europe versus the UK, so it can be difficult to read across. You know, for, for example, in Europe, uh, quite a significant proportion of the consumer Sector profits come from the, the car sector, food, beverages, and luxury goods. And all those uh, sectors saw quite good upgrades to profit estimates through the year. And looking into 2023, uh, consensus is still looking for reasonable growth from the European companies uh, this year. It's about 6%, which is, it, which is lower than the UK. So they're there's a bit more caution about the outlook, you know, albeit it's relatively low growth. And as we've done in previous quarters, our report lists uh, companies that look good value versus their long-term multiples. So how about North America, if we expand our, our look at what's happening around the world? I mean, rate rises there now appear to be rising less aggressively than we are here in the UK and across the European continent in the Eurozone. Uh, is there a marked difference between what's happening in North America than on this side of the Atlantic? Well, there was in Q4, yes. It was a little different performance in North America versus what we saw in the the UK and Europe during Q4. Most of the consumer sectors actually outperformed the markets uh, during that period, but the performance was slightly less skewed towards the discretionary sector, so the performance was a bit more balanced. Profit estimates were under pressure through the year overall. Um, estimates fell by about 14% through the year, and that was greater than what we saw for the UK. And part of that difference is probably due to you know the makeup of the sectors, and obviously the, the strong dollar is not as good for their overseas earners as we benefit from in the UK. So if we look at this, you know, look back to what people were expecting at the start of the year, analysts are predicting relatively decent growth for North America this year, about 13% for the North American consumer companies. So it's going to be interesting to see how those estimates change as we go through the upcoming results season. Russell, thanks indeed for your time, ending on a positive note. That's Russell Poynton, Director of Consumer and Media at Edison Group.